0: Welcome to the RN to Writer Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Haynes. I built a six-figure writing business, and now I help other nurses and clinicians of all kinds, which we're going to talk about in a minute, do the same thing. And today, I'm delighted to welcome to the show my friend, Meredith Gordon-Resnick, who is, in fact, a licensed clinical social worker. So we get a lot of inquiries from LCSWs. I hope you will all tune in for this to see how, yes, you can build a writing business too. But let me introduce Meredith. She worked in healthcare for two decades and maintains a strong interest in the expressive arts. She's the creator of Shamerecovery.com, which you're doing a ton of excellent work there, by the way. I'm a total fan girl. And the writer's inner journey. Her work appears in the Washington Post, Newsweek, JAMA, Journal of Palliative Care dot com, Los Angeles Times, Motherwell, Lilith and many others. Meredith created the Surviving Narcissism series and is the co-author of the forthcoming book, All the Love, Healing Your Heart and Finding Meaning After Pregnancy Loss, which I can't wait to see that, too. I encourage you to visit her website at meredithresnick dot com Welcome to the show, Meredith. Well,
1: thank you very much. It's really great to be here, Beth and I wanted to mention that actually all the love came out last year. oh so, uh, I'll send you a copy, but um yeah, it's a beautiful book that I wrote with a friend who's a novelist who had four pregnancy losses and then another a psychologist who happens to also be her friend, and we wrote different aspects of the book um, to speak to people, families, couples, individuals that have had um, one loss or many.
0: So. It's such an important topic, and it's one of those subjects that has been taboo um, up until, I think, very recently. I I think, actually, there's there are many uh, issues that the stigma kind of remains as if somehow like it's your fault if you've had a pregnancy loss. And I can't I would love to have a copy because I can't wait to see um, all the compassion that must be in that book. Knowing you, <laughs> that's going to be fantastic. But I wanted to let the audience know the actual reason we're having Meredith on today is because she has just created a new course for our interwriter called Medical Editing Basics for Nurses. And I want to share my screen to give you a sneak peek of it right now. We're going to talk medical editing. So here is the actual course on the website, learn everything you need to know to launch a career as a medical editor, or I want to add to add medical editing as another skill set to your existing or new freelance business, because having medical editing skills will be impressive to prospective clients and editors. I never pursued medical editing and after reading through this course I was like wow I probably left a lot of opportunities on the table for not having these skills (laughs) but I wanted to give you a sneak peek here here are all the modules there are seven of them I'm just going to randomly open one but there are more than 40 lessons in here that talk about as you can see the real nuts and bolts of this uh, style guides legal considerations terminology how to turn around revisions and just what to expect as a medical editor because i consider this kind of a hidden career like one of the things that i do is um open nurses eyes to the idea that you can be a professional writer you can sustain yourself financially as a writer And I think medical editing is one of those things that's even sort of more obscure. So, Meredith, how did you, I don't want to say fell into this, but how did you get started? That is kind of what
1: happened that I did kind of fall into it. Well, I had worked, as you had said, I'd worked as a clinician for um, two decades. And then even as I transitioned into writing, I was still working um, clinically part-time trying to get into a more creative field not that um being a therapist or a social worker a nurse anything is not creative but it's a different it really is a different kind of creativity than making something or writing something um, you're using different skills but um i had been working and i i had i had done different things like just tried to find my way Um, Kind of like you teach in the class, just looking for ways to write and to write on topics that I knew something about in a different way than, um, you know, even a skilled journalist, but somebody that had worked um, from the inside. And I think on my website I still talk about, like, I understand healthcare from the inside out, and I think that um, that goes the same for the nurses who are listening and who are not, that you understand. Your, um, you see what happens between the doctor and the patient, and the staff, and the doctor, and the administration, and the, um, you know, case manager, all that. So I tried to look for different ways to apply that knowledge into something that I could write that was creative. And personally, I like writing um, first-person essays. I like writing first-person pieces. So. I just looked for how can I do that? And it was usually interesting to whoever I went to. I was kind of shameless. I would just try to, do, can, do you want something? Can I write this? I mean, sometimes I, I probably didn't get paid much, but other times as I built clips, I, I did, um, I just sort of thought about different ways into a topic that seemed so Commonplace and um, I don't know if I'm getting off track, but that led me so I was writing, and I was kind of in the middle of like, what do I want to do next and I remember con I was talking to somebody and they told me about the name of a creative director or vice president of an ad agency that's local. I live in Orange County, California, and um, I contacted them, and they just happened to need a copywriter. So that was doing, like, marketing collateral for doctors and therapists, so I did that. And then the same thing happened when I got into more advertising, like pharma. I sent an email. I asked, can I come in? I mean, I really just, sometimes when I think about what I did, it's like it it took a lot of courage to do that, but I just sort of closed my eyes and did it. And they had me come in and, you know, as he was going over the work, it was clear to me that I was not suited to do pharmaceutical writing. That's more scientific and perhaps some of your nurses would be excellent scientific writers, but not, not me. But at the, it was one of those things that things aligned that the guy said, um, you know, our traffic department, which, um, is one of the, words that's in the terminology alert section of the appendix of the course. Um, They need editors and proofreaders. So would you be interested? And I said, yeah, I'd be interested in learning more. Anyway, one thing led to another. And that is literally how I fell into working um, at at a rather large marketing ad agency for a rather big pharmaceutical company, a very big pharmaceutical company. And I've been doing that on and off for 15 years. So um, I hope that, I hope that is sort of a direct way meanders to answer your question.
0: No, that's, it's fascinating to me how every, every writer or creative independent creative I know has a unique path. And one of the things I say a lot to nurses and the group coaching that I do is as nurses, we're trained that there's largely a right way and a wrong way to do everything. Um And sometimes doing it the wrong way has lethal consequences, you know, yes. but in this industry, there is no right or wrong way. You can network your way. That's perfectly fine. Um, you can get inbound leads through LinkedIn. Perfectly fine. Do you, um, What I teach in the content writing on the content writing side, because like you, I I didn't have the I didn't have the uber science background to do scientific pharma type writing at all. And anyway, I like what I call the softer writing of content marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach people to start by sending letters of introduction. Um, it, It shouldn't be the only prong of a marketing plan, but it's the quickest way to directly solicit work. Is that the same in medical editing? Uh, I think yes. You know,
1: I, I, as you were talking, I was thinking when I, one of my main ways of contacting people used to be I would make like all these cold calls. I would just pick up the phone and I would call, I don't know, five people a day. And it, it's it's not an easy thing because there's a lot of like, no and a lot of you know rejection but um so now it really is in some ways it's easier because it's through email or through linkedin let's say or even facebook or twitter i mean i i'm not on twitter that much but instagram if if you find that you're comfortable with that and you can network through that what it's sort of like the world is wide open for you to find whatever avenue works for you or multiple um, freelancing groups, online freelancing groups. I mean, when it opens up from the pandemic, maybe other networking. And also just networking through things that you like that have nothing to do with medical editing or writing, you know, talking to the guy or the gal or that person, the whoever stands next to you at the gym or just because you want to find out what they do and you're interested and then you start talking and, you know, it's a referral just like who's your dentist or it's not that, you know, when you're the one doing it, it's not quite so, it doesn't feel quite so simple, but I think it it kind of really is.
0: Um, yeah. It's this whole industry, it, it, the entire writing industry is relationships. This is something else I say all the time. It seems when you're getting, when you're starting out, it seems vast and inscrutable and like you're wandering around in a wilderness kind of speak it, so to speak, but actually it's a relatively small world and people know each other. And it's surprising how, like you said, having those casual conversations can lead to a lead, uh, a prospect, you know, um, Can you talk a little bit about the the opportunities for medical editors? Because one of the things that stood out to me when I was reading through the course was it it never occurred to me that the same people and the same clients I'm writing for also may use medical editors, you know. Um, And so I was like, wow, the opportunity here is much larger than I had even imagined.
1: Yes, yes. Um well, I think there's, you know, there's different I wouldn't really call it tiers but different buckets. I mean, you could be a freelancer or you could be a part-time employee or you could be a full-time employee and there are um you know, speaking like uh, I mean, and even those get different levels cuz you I mean, for example, in pharma, you could work Freelance or work at uh, an ad agency that handles all the collateral, meaning the brochures and the websites and the advertising. And maybe one agency does everything for HCPs and the other one does everything for patient. So like the ads that you see on 60 Minutes for pharma, those are consumer ads. But then if you go to a website for a drug. You'd see like for healthcare providers or for patients and then there would be the healthcare provider portal and that would take you to a whole other stream of that could be like classes or meetings or um, for doctors or nurses or whoever um, that would require collateral to be produced and then edited and fact checked and all that so that's one area that's just one area um and then right. you, you know you could break that down you could continue to break that down I mean it could be like in nutrition it could be in psychiatry it could, so that's one then I think um you know there's journal editing and there's also like PhD candidates and medical school candidate you know that are working on papers that require editing, and they, you can get, you can find work there, um, and a lot, I have gotten a lot of, again, it's like that more scientific that I think um, there's a need for, um, so I just say that to listeners, that if you know of people that are studying or you know people in med school or you have contacts with people at medical schools you just you can't write the paper for them but you can edit it and make it spell spelling and checking terms and so on so
0: well that actually leads me to say I need to back up a minute because I I have been saying that this is sort of a It's not an obscure line of work at all, only to me, because I never really thought about it, medical editing. I haven't even asked you to explain what does a medical editor do. We should talk about that because the the nurses and other clinicians who are listening may be like, I don't even get what you're talking about, you you two.
1: Yes, that's (laughs) good. That would be good. I mean, that's something that a medical editor should realize. (laughs) You know what we're doing. Well, um, you know, most people know, well – Most people think they know, including me, like what an editor does. But in working in um, as a writer and working with magazines or newspapers, you realize that they do a whole lot more than you think. Like they're not just sitting there like doing track changes and changing the copy. I mean, they're coordinating a lot and juggling a lot to get the publication or the TV ad or whatever out. And I think it's a similar thing with the medical editor. So, depending on the job that you're in, I mean, you might be proofreading, let's say, um, let's say it's a brochure, let's use pharmaceutical, it's a brochure about a new drug. So, you might be doing a first read on that when it comes from the copywriter, and the copywriter, of course, is the person that creates the material. And the artist, you're looking at what the art is doing in terms of. Is it are the captions correct? Are they um, do they make sense? Do they correlate? So you're proofreading. You may be line editing um, more, sometimes less. You are probably going to be checking trademarks Things that are legal, you're going to be making sure usually when you work with a brand, for example, if you are working with um, a registered trademark, like you see um, a drug has a registered trademark, you're making sure that however it's written aligns with the client's specifications about that brand. Are the colors correct? Is the wording correct? Are you using the right terms? So there's like a lot of detail, but in a very almost limited scope related to that brand. So you're doing that. And then you may be fact checking claims um, that have been annotated. And by annotated, I mean the writer or the um, copywriting assistant will be going through like the medical journals and annotating where you can find in the document that you're checking where to find that claim. And it's kind of a cross check thing. Um, So what else? Um, I think you're just basically trying in a very often short period of time and often very protracted period of time, depending on the size or urgency of the job to get this job in the best shape possible, um, to create something that is easily readable and understandable. And you're working as part of this creative team. Um, does that, is that enough or?
0: Absolutely. I get- yeah. I thought, I think that was a great uh, explanation of what a medical editor does. And I think it also speaks to why nurses can be so well suited to it because yeah. Um I don't know. I have I have two points I want to bring up. I'm trying to remind myself. Uh-huh. I, I was thinking about when you were talking about illustrations, I personally find um, medical illustrations in um, consumer health websites often very amusing. Like I just saw one the other day that was supposed to be a stethoscope in the shape of a EKG and i was like what kind of a rhythm is that is that you know cuz that is not sinus what so <laughs> not ventricular fibrillation but what is that cuz the you know the illustrators they don't know uh and so i can see how it would be fascinating as a nurse to be looking at like illustrations that were created and what they're supposed to represent and copy that a writer has produced and thinking about but wait, is that really how it works inside the body? You know, is that really how a blood clot forms or, you know, something like that? Um, so as a nurse, that would be fascinating, I think. The other point that I wanted to say was when you were talking about, you know, making sure that the content hues to the brand guidelines, like the colors and styles and stuff, I could hear my listeners, some of them saying, but how would I know that? And I wanted to say because you're supplied with a style guide, right? So it's not like you are magically somehow supposed to know all this stuff because you're a nurse or a medical editor. You have to have guidelines. And that's one of the things that you cover in the course.
1: Yes. Yes. I, yes. And often when you enter a job, let's say you take on a job, you get a client, they will have existing style guides. I have a client that I'm working with um, in Utah, and we just developed her style guide for this one particular client. So that is a, diff, you know, you'd, as you'd imagine, there's a lot of back and forth, but nobody really knows what's right. It's, will you'll get direction from the client. No, they want to say it this way. They have a very specific So that goes in the style guide. Okay, that's rule number one. Don't use the hyphen whatever or use the R ball this way. Um, The R ball is the registered trademark, Um, the little R inside the circle. Um, So, right, if you're just starting, you're going to be given a style guide unless they say to you, yeah, we want to bring you on to start from scratch and develop a style guide, in which case, You would just ask questions and use your skills that you already know. I don't think this is how we want to say it. And then you'd create
0: from there. I've had clients provide style guides that were very specific, like you said, about phrasing. Like I had a client that you were never supposed to say, um, suffered from in relation to a disease process, you said experienced or experiencing. I've had clients who specified that this was all consumer health content, that we did not say things like, in case of an emergency call 911, they wanted some phrasing that was more like, if you experience symptoms in this list contact emergency medical providers or something like that. But it was very specific. And so as a medical editor, just for the edification of the audience, that's what you're doing partly in your job is you're taking that style guide provided to you and then you're comparing the copy and going, oh, no, this says in case of an emergency call 911, we don't say it that way. It needs to change and so on and so forth. So, again, it's not like you're winging it unless, like you say, you're working with somebody to develop a style guide. But I think when you're starting out, if you aim for large clients, large agencies or something, they're, they're all going to have style guides.
1: They're all, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I haven't found one yet that didn't and it's usually, then you may find, well, we have the style guide, but sometimes the client doesn't want to go by it, but you'll, you'll learn that as you go along and you'll be working with other editors too, When I started, um, I think the department that I went to work in had maybe three people. And I went, I kind of job shared with another person who had a young daughter at home. So she would leave at maybe two and I would go in for two or three hours, whatever it was. And then by the time, I mean, I still do work for this client, but I do different work. I think they must have... I think they were up to probably about twenty people at one time. So that's how busy. I mean, the, the the work can be cyclical if they're launching many products and it's a huge product and it's worldwide. You could you could hire a lot more freelancers for a set amount of time. And those are kind of nice jobs because you you don't have to deal with the dynamics past. I mean, I'm speaking like as somebody who has enjoyed freelancing because I like the freedom to work on my own. Um, I mean, I can work with clients and it's fine, but it's nice to have a little breather that you're not an employee, but at the same time, it's kind of nice to be an employee because you know the people that you're working with and you know the job and you have a little more ownership. So I
0: guess you could play both sides. (laughs) Really yeah well, i'm with you i'm firmly in the freelance camp, and the one thing that when I look at my career, I think I was always destined for self employment I wish I had really seen that when I was twenty five like I think I knew it in my gut at twenty five but i didn't didn't act on it until much later but anyway um when we first when you and I first started talking about developing this course or having you develop a course um, you were you knew that we already taught. Health journalism for nurses and content marketing writing for nurses. And you said, you know, medical editing is like the perfect adjunct for that. Tell us why you felt that way.
1: Well, again, I, I think because I see that there are some great writers, um, but they don't maybe understand the nuance of healthcare. And there's some great editors that also don't understand the nuance of healthcare that are in these medical writing or editing jobs. So it's very confusing for them and it, it can show up in the work that it then has to go through different changes. I was thinking, remember one job that I worked on, they were a doctor, I don't know if it was a healthcare system. They were trying to work on like, patient referrals to the practice and they had this whole thing about we want give us your friend's phone number we want to thank them and tell them that you referred them to us and we're gonna and I remember having to call out because like what about HIPAA what about like you'd think I mean it's so much in our vernacular now but people are not thinking that when they're just thinking about How to put together a good marketing campaign. So I think in part that was one of the reasons also because it worked for me and I don't have the, I don't have the medical knowledge that a nurse does. I just don't. I don't have the scientific knowledge that even maybe an entry level nurse, I mean, I don't, I don't have that. So I think it's, it's a great, you can kind of move Back and forth through with writing and editing. You can do both. And I think one, I think I might have written this in the course that one supports the other and one makes, you know, they both support each other and make you a better um, creator, really.
0: Absolutely. Um, I think it's, I think it's important for creatives to always have multiple revenue streams because, as you said earlier, things can be cyclical for one thing, but also trends come and go. Uh, someone asked me in group coaching today why I had commented that so many professional writers I know started as freelance journalists and then went into content marketing writing and this participant said why is that and i said because content marketing writing didn't exist <laughs> you know it was it, it is it kind of always did but not like it is today and so you know in when i started in 1994 i was literally typing and snail mailing query letters to women's day trying to get articles you know it, that's that was the main path that was available but, but now, uh, the world has changed and content marketing has become a thing and the people who are succeeding saw that and developed the skills to do it. And although content marketing is not going to go away by any means, uh, there will be another trend eventually. And so having another skill set like medical editing, Allows you to, for example, and this is just one example, um, you can directly solicit that kind of work while you're also doing health journalism and you're also doing content marketing writing. If you want that way, if suddenly you're going through a dry spell with journalism, you can try to pick up some on the medical editing side or the content side or whatever. It just makes your business more stable.
1: Absolutely. And yes, yes, I was thinking I, I, um, I was doing content marketing before it was a, like that people called it that. And I think it, I, I think I always did it because I found like I could earn more money doing it and working less. And some, you know, some of the things that I did were like writing profiles about doctors and, and those opportunities are still there. I think the editing skills help because it just streamlines you as a writer. It's like the shorthand that you know from your nursing job, you, you learn it like in a different language, meaning you learn it on the page as a writer to to use it as a writer. So how does that look? How does it, how to, how is it used in the sentence? That that's invaluable for um, like efficiency and just thinking of different ways. You know, you could like a nurse could write a listicle, like a list article, y- using these things and making it interesting. And um, so, I it could also be like the source of story ideas. I don't know how, but somehow. Those things happen like you're referencing something and you're looking up something and you realize I need to write about this. And that's where, you know, like one feeds the other.
0: So absolutely. And I think anything that helps you submit the cleanest possible first draft on the writing side makes you so much more valuable to, to editors and clients. Yes. Like. Everyone wants to work with that writer that when, when their work comes in, it only has to be lightly edited because they've already self-edited it. You know? Yes. I also wanted to emphasize also that of course our audience is primarily nurses, but you do not have to be a nurse to do this medical editing or writing or health writing. There are a lot, there is demand for LCSWs, registered dietitians, PAs, NPs, MDs, um, anyone really who has a background in healthcare of some kind brings, like the way you put it, I love that, knows healthcare inside out, or at least they're part of healthcare inside out. That that's a valuable commodity to clients, um, and so you're the perfect example of that. You, you know, you said you didn't have. The science knowledge necessarily, and yet you had a fantastic career as a writer and editor. So and, and
1: I still don't, I, I still don't have that intense knowledge, but because I have the facility with having had the experience as an editor, I can work on different, like pretty, um, heavy topics because I kind of know how to navigate maybe just the work on the page and I can ask the copywriter for help. I mean, I, since if I don't know, I will say, but, um, so I, I just, I, I think when I, you know, going back to your original question, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the nurse would really have such a good foundation, um, from the get go. So, uh, the, the other thought about the editing, which I think takes another form when you read online, you know, the, the scientific medical articles reviewed by, they're not all reviewed by doctors. I mean, I see reviewed by dietitians, by RNs, um, by LCSWs, people who are practicing, people who have a real specialty in that field. That is like another facet of medical editing, you're not doing, like, the markup, um, you know, that that same kind of markup, but you are probably looking at it in Word and making comments, um, where is this supportive, where is this in the literature, are you sure of that, we can't say this, I mean, that's another, that's more like review um, that you might also see, let's say, in a pharmaceutical company, their medical review um, before it goes to the FDA. So it has to, there's like all these processes that have to happen. So that's like another, I mean, I think is a perfect fit for a nurse.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that, but no, you're absolutely right. I see that more and more. The reviewed by yes. online is not always an MD. It's really, I think, specific to the topic. It's an expert in the subject matter who's doing the reviews. So that's, that's good. Yes. Um, Meredith, tell us, we have to get wrapping up already. Tell us a little bit what's in the course. What's,
1: what's in there? What
0: are you sharing? You know, I
1: do go into more detail about how I got started in it, um, how it's fit into my career. Um, and then I try to break down what was helpful to me and also what I wish I knew Things like like basic tenets that you want to go in having just a basic foundation. So when you're given all this information, it's not like you've never heard the terms before. So I talk about trademark. I talk about um, references and PubMed. I mean, reviewing references is a big thing um, for a medical editor. So trademarks, references,
0: markups. Um you also go into um you know legal um legal issues and sort of contracts a little bit and yes. invoicing and because those those things are different in in different parts of freelancing, like the contracts that I do are different as a writer are probably different than the contracts that get offered in editing. Um And also just like how to work with the team. I loved that part that you wrote about, you know, because medical editors, you know, as the writer, I kind of sit over here and I type and I send it in and wait to hear back, but the editor is kind of like the center of that wheel. So they're much more, uh, involved in the teamwork of it, as you pointed out earlier. So I thought that was important too. Yeah.
1: And also I think knowing And, of course, a lot of your listeners are writers, but you, as an editor, you're not the creator of the content. So really understanding how to, um, like, shepherd that work through, make it as clear as possible, but knowing that you're dealing with another person's work. So how do you do that, you know, ethically and kindly and yet firmly if something's Wrong. How do you back up your claim? Um, so there's that. I, I think also, um, what, there was something else in there that I thought, um, let me just peek here.
0: I put you on the spot. Yeah,
1: no, it's okay. The, the other thing that I, I think is important. It's, it's about delivering a product to the consumer or the doctor or whoever, that is ethical, that is, there's no claims of superiority. And you really, like in pharma, you can't get away with that anyway. But to me that feels good to be writing something and trying to, or, you know, editing something, trying to think about the patient, even if I'm, it's something for the doctor, thinking about what they're telling the patient and that. I like that part about it. It it kind of connects me more to the humanity of it. Um,
0: Absolutely. And I think that fits right in with nursing. You know, it's yes. that's frequently what we have to do is sort of translate that for the patient. And as a medical editor, you're doing that also on a very yes. important level. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, yes. And I think I've worked with a lot of wonderful nurses, and I think one of the things that like in the hospital setting that they did so well was understanding how to communicate what needed to be communicated to the physician so that patient would get what they needed like they had the more global view as well as the close up view so mm-hmm. it in some ways i mean i see that like as an editor like how do i convey this and i i think for a nurse you know, doing medical work that this is like a natural segue or a natural
0: bridge transition. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I thank you for coming on today to talk about this. It's very exciting to have you on. It's very exciting to have this course. I want to let our listeners know that um, we're offering a introductory discounted rate for a very limited time. So because medical editing can benefit everyone who's working in writing today, I suggest you jump on this deal before it expires, and you will find the link to that in the show notes or the description on YouTube. So, uh, again, Meredith, I thank you so much for the course. I thank you for coming on here. This is, um, I hope, the first of many times we get together, actually. And thank you, thank you audience, for tuning in today. Don't forget, you can follow the R Writer show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hey, drop us a good rating over at Apple Podcasts, will you? And, of course, subscribe on YouTube. That's it for this show, and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep pitching.